When I was about 20 years old, me, a few of my cousins and friends started what would become a legendary volleyball event, the Venice Backyard Championships. It so happened that a few people playing were part of a new women's pro beach volleyball tour. They liked how I announced and asked me to be their announcer. It was a great break that happened in my own backyard. When Sam Logano was a student at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, he spent time as the announcer for the Lions sports teams, including the ones that played in the new Gersten Pavilion. Sam worked on fun routines like getting each side of the gym to alternate cheers. He would also identify the score as french fries on the scoreboard when the number was 1 or 11. The number 8 became snowman. He too was identified by a future shot caller, and soon enough he was traveling with the AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour, getting crowds around the country to alternate their cheers. Tastes great, less Philly. I'm a Venice, California-born, Los Angeles-based sports fan, one that has played, coached, announced, and promoted sports my whole life. My love affair with sports started in my own backyard and has led me to this podcast. Thanks to the support of the Amateur Athletic Union in East Bay, I'm excited to bring you Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. Hello, Sports Storians. Welcome to Audio Video Podcast, episode number 56 of Sports Stories with Denny Lennon. It's part two of our four-part series with the talented, fun, and entertaining Sam Lagana. Before we get to the episode, let's check in with the producer of SSDL, the 2004 St. Mark's School in Venice Athlete of the Year, Marley Rice. Yeah. That's wow, right. you've had a bunch of Athletes of the Year on your show. I know. Christine, me, and Carlos. Man. Yeah. You produce some good athletes at St. Mark's School. Do what I do. Uh, hey, guys. Um, we are on LA 36. Yep. Cable TV, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 9 a.m. Right. Uh, Pacific time. So go check us out. If you're bored at home, which most of us are because we're all quarantined at home right now, go check it out. LA 36. Yep. Um, and that's available on most cable carriers in Los Angeles County and a number in Orange County. And if you and, don't have it, um, you can go online. Yeah. What's that? Uh, LA36.org. LA you can check it out online so you can watch them live online. You can. I always appreciate you follow me on Twitter at Sports Stories DL. Uh, poll results indicate that it was the Pacific Coast League. Los Angeles Angels, not the ones in Anaheim that call themselves the LA Angels, <laughs> but rather the PCL ones that created the interlocking LA. Yeah. Hey, it's the Dodgers' Clayton Kershaw. He wins over the Rams' John Capaletti as the best postseason number 22 in LA sports history. And yes, the winner of the World Series will clinch a tie for the best sports city of 2020. Wow. Hey, you know, I was number 22. Why wasn't I in that poll? Uh, it's only one for of the pro. best. Ah, oh, dang it. It's only for pros. Uh. Polls out there now are asking who's the best PA announcer on the L.A. sports scene. And what was a more emotional football movie that was made for TV? Was it Brian's Song or Something for Joey? Hey, I'll keep those polls coming. You keep the votes coming at Sports Stories DL. In this episode, Sam talks about those early days, getting the grunt work done on the AVP tour, hanging out and working with Jeannie Buss and the Buss family before they owned the Lakers, and then working events for the family after Dr. Buss made the move that changed professional sports forever. This interview was shot in a multi-camera cinematic style with Chris Allport directing and bad boy Bobby McCall as the DP, Sienna Lennon pulled duty as the BTS image maker, 
from Casablanca Restaurant with sincere thanks to Carlos Haro Sr., Carlos Haro Jr., and the staff at the second oldest restaurant in Venice. Here is part two of four with Sam Lagana. This interview was recorded on October 1st of 2020. So you have um, Smartly as a PA guy, and it's tough to do because I try to develop catchphrases when I was announcing Women's Pro Beach, and it's not easy right. because you could sound corny, you, can, you can't get it in in time, right. you hate when it just goes to crickets, right? right? right. But you, um, uh, when I talked to, who did I talk to? I talked to Mike Boley, my cousin. And he said, one of the things you would always say is, be careful, the ball could be traveling up to 90 miles per hour. <laughs> so for good old times' sake, could you tell me, what, what was it? Yeah, it, you know, uh, it's exactly what, you know, it's like, you know, the ball can't be traveling up to 90 miles per hour. <laughs> Boom. You know, it was just like over-dramatizing it, yes, right? it's hilarious. That's funny. But it was really, as we started to travel, that's when I started to pick that up. That, but in college, yeah. I started to use different terms, you know, French fries on the scoreboard, Yep. snowmen on the scoreboard, mm -hmm. you know, like, there's nobody in the gym, right? Yes, yes. So, I who do I got to entertain? Yes, <laughs> same here. God, I, was, I would always entertain right? myself. Right, you had to, yep. and you just, Silly so just kind of like hung out and Denny did what we could do and had a good time and tried to make fun yeah. of, you know, and your friends are playing and it's yeah. like, you know, shot on the right side, boom, Rob Brown, whatever, you know. <laughs> Tim Morley out of the middle, boom, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just absolutely. whatever we could do. But so, the, those were fun days. And then Kevin Cleary became the head coach. Oh, right. Okay. And, Cleary was quite the player. Right. And he was a great guy from the South Bay, and he knew our new athletic director, a guy named Brian Quinn. Brian Quinn. He was a great basketball player with Wayne Bowley back in right. the day. They yep. were teammates, they were. and um, those were – Excellent, but but that's a good part of the story because I kind of saw a slide. I know where we're going. The AVP. So now yeah. that's uh, the modern I, AVP logo I, in, too. In, in in my um, <clears throat> day, this is around the time when you were doing that. We were all nineteen, twenty. Me and my cousins, and we started that Venice Backyard Championships. Right? right. Started just on my backyard court, but it pretty soon it grew to five courts, three front yards, my backyard. So that's my backyard, right? That's awesome. So this is where we started, and right on that stage. Is where you know you got you got to fight for Mike's space in my right. family. Sam, you, this, you, the Mike does not come easy. You got to scrap to get it. So, but somebody in that crowd on one of those days said, "We like the way you're announcing. Would you like to come do this thing called Women's Pro Beach Volleyball?" Yeah. Right. And so that's how I got found to go do it's women, cool. and, and that turned into. I was doing that the same time you do an AVP, but right. they found you what doing LMU uh, Loyola yeah, Marymount games exactly. Well, because Kevin Cleary, so Cleary, yes. And this is in, you know back in '84 and, and '85, and things are just starting. The AVP is just starting out. Because the AVP really formed in '83 is kind of like a labor union. '84, yeah. And then '84, so yeah, now they were still under events concepts and, yeah, and so, so forth. And in '84, they're going. And think about it. I'm going to those things. Sure. You know. Back even in the 80s, we, there would be a event in Santa Monica, and that was the Miller High Life, what we call the Gobi was, Desert. That was kind of like the breakaway from Cuervo moving into Miller High Life or something. Well, no, Cuervo was still active. Or they had the but they had different crowns. site. But yeah. this was events, concepts. There were smaller tournaments, but the Miller Light, well, not Miller Light, excuse me, the Miller High Life yes. was there at the, what I call the Gobi Desert, which is north of the pier, that unused space. And then we were rolled, you know, it grew. But really, Kevin Cleary is the one that, that connected me with 
hey, you could do this. And they were looking for somebody that could do marketing, promotions, public relations, which is kind of what I was doing That's right. in college. Yes. But it wasn't a full-time gig because, you know, it's a startup. This is the modern logo. Yeah. But we had the, you know, the AVP with the ball shooting up into the Correct. P, and that was the starting of that whole, you know, sort of the inertia of that. And it was, I was blessed because I got an opportunity to do that. And there was a guy named Duffy Wilson. Duffy Wilson. And Duffy yeah. Wilson was the operations guy. And sure. he would once in a while go up and, and make announcements. And they were like, you got to do operations. Yeah, And get out we there. need somebody to announce, so go down and do Isn't it. that something you, um, see when I first, so WPVA formed on the backside of that, Women's Pro Beach Volleyball. and. I had to go set up the courts starting at five in the morning, help with operations. And by the time they hit the, then I had to start announcing myself. And that was that was my that was in my much better looking than I was. Well, yeah, that was an old that guy's old now. So the um, so I had to do both, and I finally said to them, I can't do both. I can't I can't dig ditches, right? You know, for three hours and, and put up courts and put in all these. No, I can't do that. Like, and then they go, okay, you could just announce, and I was like. That's all I had to do was ask. Okay, so then and then you—that's when you start getting the reps. So, but you were the guy, and you had, you had to do the same thing I did. I think did you have to get in a night early and go do some bar promotion? Oh yeah, yeah. but but remember, I was coordinating the bar promotions. <laughs> yes, like that was my job. Now you were rolling with them. Bill Berger in these days. Billy Berger hadn't come along yet. Okay, so this is okay. pre-Berger actually. So in the in in the infancy of the AVP, so the AVP breaks away from. Events Concepts, because they, they felt like Events Concepts was controlling them, so they break it, right, right. And Leonard was whatever, of right. counsel, everybody always Leonard, thinks. Leonard, that's right. So he did a great yeah. job, and he worked with the guys because he was a player. Mm -hmm. and he was a basketball player as well. Yep, and, um, absolutely. UOP. But he nice. came through, thank you, he came through and they moved it into where you're going to play. They contracted with a company called Group Dynamics, Jack Group Kagoma. Dynamics, yeah. And Jack Beautifish. That's solid. And those guys were doing this. And so, again, it's seasonal, right? And so, you know, we would build the posters and all the advertising and plan it all out and do it all. But it was seasonal. It was seasonal work, sure. Right. It wasn't, it was but, a startup. But, but you were learning. Totally what learning. To but I had to go negotiate with the cities and go and negotiate with the newspapers and go negotiate with the, the bars. Miller would call and say, okay, we need you to do a bar party for this, or Cuervo would say, we need you to do this. Sure. And you go to these different places because people don't realize this. Back in those days, our budgeting, let's say from the Miller Brewing Company, was coming from their young adult marketing budgeting. Yeah. So while they were focused on 21-year-olds or whatever the legal drinking age was in the communities that we were going to, because remember, as we started to finally break out in like 86, 87, and across the country more, and we started to envision how are we going to get to 30 tournaments a year and all those kinds of things. Everybody had different rules. Some states would not even let you buy beverages Everything on Sundays. Everything had different rules. So, yeah, sometimes you couldn't even alcohol signage on a beach. Other Texas. times you could uh, other times you could just you could pass out beer right. on the beach. Right. You know, right? Other times, you know, it had to be not on the sand. As long as you're off the sand, you're okay. Right. Like every city was different. And I know the um, the nightmare that was dealing with sports editors who went uh really I, yeah what 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 sport right yeah you guys throwing the frisbee around too right. just such dismissive they would just they would uh, you know and so you hope to get somebody 
that was on that that was a sports writer that would come out and cover you, and it wasn't easy in those early days. Yeah. No, and there, there, there were good people that were doing. It. Craig Elledge was doing. Yeah, started in the public relations side, then coordinating a bunch, and then there was a woman named Cindy that was doing some really good penetration stuff with getting out those marks, and then we would go out and do different things, and I did different public relations things, and you know, as we evolved. Uh, we finally broke away. It was kind of like, uh, you know, when the Colts left, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. midnight move under John Stevenson and, and did our own. And, uh, One of the things out. that was similar years at a much different level, like you, you, had, you had different budget, you had, yeah. you had the public's attention and stuff. But I noticed at one point, and I looked at the leaderboard of money. Oh, yeah. And when I looked at that and I realized if I took what I earned on the weekends, I would be like the number five player on the tour. I said, uh-oh, this is not going to last. Like, I should not be, right, at some point. But you, however, it was top two, three stars. But then you were the voice. You, Everybody knew you <laughs> was, were AVP Beach Volleyball. And it's because you did all that out front work. And it's because you welcomed people to the beach. You built a slow roll. And then pretty soon people were getting into what you were saying, and now, and then you would, I just always knew you played it out the whole way through so well to that explosion of the championship and the whole town's going nuts. You're the one who I remember, because they would ask me to do this on WPBA, they would say like, Sam gets him going, tastes great, less filling, you know, and you would get the thing, and like Coors Light didn't have that timeline. Yeah. So I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? But, I, I you, what was that that you got? You could get everybody yeah. to just go along with your central message. Yeah, thanks. I, I, you know, I guess Denny, when it when it comes down to it, I'm I really believe in inclusion and getting people involved. Yeah. And so to to that degree, I was trying to figure out how do you do this, and so that was one way. During the introductions, that was another way. And, and yeah, they you know we go to places like Chicago. They didn't know volleyball. You had to teach them volleyball through the day. Through the game. So they could yep. figure out what it is they yeah. needed to celebrate or what was a good set or what was not a good set or what was Quite this true. or that. And and so when it came time to have fun, we needed to have fun. And how are we going to – you know, I was tired of reading PAs. The, the craziest thing would be – or at least I didn't even have to read them. I knew them. Right. right? But you would be like, oh, today's event's brought to you by Miller Lite. You know, it tastes great. It's less filling. And then – Four seconds later, somebody goes, you need to do a PA for them. It's like, it's because mm -hmm. you just heard yeah, I it. Just did it. And you didn't realize it. And they'd be on you. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it to these guys too. I'm going to do the PA this way. You guys are taste great. You guys are less filling. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good like, way to pull it up. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, one. we did the wave. That was another yeah, the thing wave. I started that's, doing the that's wave. That's what Billy Berger told me. He says, man, ask, ask him about the wave. Yeah. He goes, because he got that wave going. And it was before. So it was probably like, I remember the 1985 Detroit Tigers yeah. making the World Series. And their stadium got going on that wave. And it was cool. Like at that point, at some point it became passe. Right. But you had it right around the mid '80s too. Oh yeah, like you I, got we it had going. the wave going. And the fun part was, we would use. Okay, so we were on cassette tapes, right? Oh, we didn't uh, have those big one inch. Right. <laughs> we yeah. just yeah. We, we'd have music going, but oh, I sure. always would play Hawaii Five O. Uh -huh. Still to this day, I'll use that if I'm the yeah. And I'd get the wave going. But then the fun part would be. All right, let's reverse the wave on the count of three. You know, one, two, three. And everybody's like, oh, oh, and it goes back. And we would do that and have fun that in brilliant. time out. Yep. And, and, and again, I kept finding ways to do that. 
Marvin Hall, we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, so for those, this is pro domestic beach volleyball, and Marvin Hall was one of the uh, officials. And he was, he was a man of good size, but he could dance. And you knew that about him. You knew he could dance. And you would get this, you, you would egg this on. You yeah. would have the right song, and you knew just what button to push so that he would get going. So there was, was a song was that came out. a highlight of every So it comes out at like, there's a song coming out that says, I like big butts, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And so Marvin had been a football player. He's quite an athlete. Yeah, and yeah he had, he wound it. Basically, he had a medical situation that allowed that, that allowed it, that he yeah. started to gain some girth, right? Yeah. But he was still an extraordinary official. Yes. And he was great, and he commanded the respect of the guys. He sure did. So he would be the up official, and we were in Milwaukee, and we didn't have a big crowd that day, and I'm thinking like, I'm gonna have fun with this, and I'm gonna mess with Marvin, if you will, and so. I'm like, I said to our DJ, and I said, hey, put on, I like big butts, because he'll start to dance. Yeah, he will. So he gets up, we put it on, he starts to dance. And it's like, ladies and gentlemen, the mystical, magical, eighth wonder of the world, marvelous Marvin Hall. And he looks at us, and he comes down, and it became, it became like a... Uh, a staple <laughs> of pro beach volleyball. Yes, it did. And uh, he, the poor man is not well. No. Um, yep. But it was it was the the most fun that you could have. I mean, what professional sport would take its one of its lead officials and do that and do no, this? That's what that was. And the we beauty got of away it. with it. Oh, it was beautiful. And it was those you know, and, and finally we'd work it out. And, and it, I mean, it was those were just some spectacular. Those are good days, days. right? God, um, I, I, I mean, those day. are some of my best friends. I don't know if you ever got this one. Uh, producers in my ear. Okay, ten seconds till introductions, Denny. All right. Get ready, introductions go. Inevitably, somebody comes up to the stage and goes, "Hey, yeah. hey, where are the bathrooms?" Like you, no matter what, you have every answer to everything. <laughs> hey, uh, where's so and so playing? We're like, dude. <laughs> yes, uh, I love Marvin Hall. You could jiggle like no. Um, yeah, you probably had a lot of that. It was, it, it, it was. Yeah, you. You know, you get. You guys had like. You had more room, right? We did have more room. And as things grew... You're, you we, built we, up a stadium. Right. We wound up with yeah. people, ushers, you know. Yeah. It went from bring your own beach chair and get to Laguna Beach as early as you can and and you spent the night the yeah. night before to, you know... Did you, you feel like I did that I didn't notice it at the time or I didn't see it at the time, but the fact that you had to be on that stage at Saturday morning at 8 and go till... You know, 6 p.m. and then the next day, 8, and then at 4, you got to do TV introductions and you got to be on your game. The fact that you had to speak correctly for that many hours was a lot of good training for for your future. Yeah, you know, I probably didn't think about it much then. We had those three-day tournaments, you know, and and again, you're in Chicago in the in the humidity, uh, and there's a lot going on and big crowds, and you know, you're in for us, it was you know the, the big biggest crowds to me were. Uh, Clearwater, Florida, yeah. Belmar, Chicago, sure. Boulder, Santa Cruz, and then Manhattan and Hermosa. That that was sort that was, of that the, was your big. Those were your big ones. Yeah, those are the best. But yeah, you and those generally had three day tournaments, and you're just you're grinding, and and, right. and, there's, and when you're back east, it's all the humidity, it's all that. Yeah, you're tired. 
balance, like you said. Yeah. You, you kind of alluded to what are you earning, what are they earning, and how does it all like, work wow. out? And you're tired, and people don't realize, you know, you're, you're going, and you got to turn it on for national At the television. End of your right shift. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. it's game time here. Yeah. And then you're also thinking of if this game goes long, this is before the Raleigh clock and all these yeah. kinds of things. You're like. What time are we going to get done? And the flight out of O'Hare is at eight. Am I going to make that. the flight? And yeah. I got to get to work. You got to get to work the next day. Right. And I was I about to call job. Sister Martha and say, yeah. "No, I'm not going to be back. No, I needed to be. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, nobody's yeah. going to. You know, you're not leaving. You're not the. And by the way, you're the last guy to leave because you had to do the interviews, awards. right? You have to do the awards and the interviews. <laughs> you're the last guy to leave. So long, everybody. So that's a lot of good training, though. And how did it segue from that? I know you started to do other jobs off to the side. And one of your schoolhood friends or pally friends was Jeannie Bus. Yeah. You grew up with, right? And so concurrent to probably you being both in college and doing AVP, your off-season was a bunch of different odd jobs. Yeah. With, with, with her and with that entity that was going on at the forum. Yeah. What, what were some of those? What were some of those jobs so, that you've... Yeah. You're, you're very entrepreneurial. You found a way to either take advantage of the situation or create the situation so you could take advantage of it. You know, again, Jeannie, a uh, good friend from when we were kids. So she was keeping score. She was a women's basketball player or a girls' basketball player at high school. Okay. She was on the golf team. Uh-huh. And so she was keeping, you know, score. And it was her and Julie keeping score at the score table when you're announcing. And so you're just going to school together, right? You're just yeah. friends, right? And her dad had not acquired the Lakers at this point. Not she, at that point. No, she's just a girl, and who's interested in sports, and you're interested in sports, and she's friends with the same people you're friends with. Sure. You know, I actually remember she was having a party. Uh, we talk about this. I bring this up probably more than she brings it up to her. But she was having a party one night. We were all going to her house to a party in Rustic Canyon, and <laughs> yeah. the night before, again, remember. We weren't as tuned to the television, all this stuff. It wasn't as big a deal. But the paper came out the, that ne- that day before that her dad had bought the Lakers. Bought the Lakers. But yeah. her dad was just her dad. Yeah. It's like, real estate guy. That was Dr. Bus. No, he, we always oh, thought still- of him as an engineer for, you know, we didn't think of him as a real estate guy. We always thought of him as, as an aerospace engineer guy. Wow. Like everybody else's parents. Like, no big deal. Oh, that's I was like, how do you buy the, really? That was kind of wild. Right? That is wild. And you just wouldn't have expected it. And, and he got uh, magic. And he, and, and you know, he did it. He and was and magic came his way, baby. Yeah, and then yeah. he really initiated that. I mean, that's why Jeannie always says she feels like she grew up with magic, because she did. But again, I was blessed to stay in touch with her, and her dad put her in charge of tennis. Oh, right, and you have background with tennis. And, and so we stayed in touch, and you know, I'd see her and, and talk to her, and so she's like, well, my dad put me in charge of tennis, would you announce the tennis matches, the LA Strings? And so I was like, okay, I could do that. And so I went down. I was living off of uh, Manchester in Playa del Rey oh, after sure. college. And, <laughs> and uh, I would go straight down Manchester yep. to the forum. That's and, the way I always went to the forum. Right? Just, just down Manchester. And so, <laughs> yeah. And then she would say, well, can you help us promote this or do this? And, That's great. And so, you know, next day I'm driving the, the, the fan van to places and, and then Mike O'Hara came into the picture, oh. and Mike O'Hara and her dad were friends, and so this concept of Team Cup Volleyball came up, and so Jeannie asked me to help her on that, and so I helped her with that, um, and, and she would have me announce the special, you know, these tennis 
challenge matches that she would create sure, I remember with those. Linda Rambis. And, and I have to say this, Jeannie is probably one of the most loyal people you will ever meet. So many of the people who are in senior leadership today with the Los Angeles Lakers were in active role, growth roles with the tennis teams. So Tim Harris mm. played on the soccer team. She had soccer. I'd oh, isn't soccer. that interesting? Okay. And, and Lisa Estrada, Linda Rambis, all were involved with her all the way back. Those people are all okay. extraordinarily involved through all these years. And John Black for a number of years until recently. Um, but there was a whole cadre of people that were on the inside all the time with California sports. Okay. And and they all stayed together in that. And I was sort of the guy who came in and did my little things and went out. Um, and I just wanted to be helpful, right? And concerts. And she would have me do all oh, sorts of little wow. gigs that were really kind of fun. And um, I went to the uh, LTD and the Commodores right around that right? time. Yes, I love going to the Forum for Concerts. Um, one of the uh, businesses you did, which I found was funny, is some kind of Santa Claus business. Right. You were dressing people up in Santa Claus, and what, just sending them to events? Like yeah. you had a, you had a you had a group of Santa Clauses. You're like, right. you got this party, you go collect the tickets here, you yeah. go do this, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, as you well know, it's a That's seasonal hilarious. sport. Yeah. I got to figure out how to make some money. So, I actually I went to the bank and I talked to the bank manager at Wells Fargo. Okay. Ed Jones was his name. And I told him, I said, I got this idea, like, Jeannie's working here. And so I talked to Jeannie about getting Santa Claus at the Forum Club. Okay, okay. Right? Makes so sense. I was like, well, I have a Santa Claus business, and we could get you Santa Claus. Well, I sort of have a Santa Claus business. I have a Santa Claus idea business, <laughs> right? And I had gotten one suit, and I thought, okay, well, I could do this, and I could do this. <laughs> so then I went to Ed, and I borrowed, like, some money from the bank, very small amount, right, to buy a bunch of suits. And he helped me buy these Santa Claus suits. Oh, that's great. And then I went over to Loyola and hired some fraternity guys to fill the slots at the forum club so we could that's do that. Brilliant. So Jeannie said, yeah, you could do these on these nights. And we figured out and schedule. And I didn't do them myself all the time. But I would do some and I would do Santa Claus. And as it got closer to Christmas, I just scaled it, right? Like, oh, it's 100 bucks for an hour of Santa Claus on Christmas <laughs> Eve or the, whatever it is. You got to do it. And you just, you got that money that and you so paid good. your taxes and you, you know, you did what you had to do. That is great. That, That's you, pretty you know, funny. I think it, it, it all worked. You know, you just, you had, you had to figure it out just, too. You, you just, you do, you just figure it out. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice and Christine Jinbo. Directed by Chris M. Alport with studio support from Alpha Command Unit and shot by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Jenny Lennon to get some never before seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, hustle on over to sportsstoriesdl.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. 
We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time. This is why all the girls in town follow me all around. Just like me, well, they long to see sports stories Oh, sports stories. Check it out, book.